0: Sorry, the number you have dialed
1: is not in service at this time.
2: Hello, and welcome to another exciting edition of the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield, and I'll be your host for all this evening's bonkers antics and with me in the studio tonight is one of the most respected figures in the field
1: of cricket punditry. It wasn't easy to book him, but I'm delighted to say that Tony Kerr is here. It just so happens that I have a gap in my schedule, kind of on a Tuesday uh, every week, which is lucky for you. You know, any other time, you'd be, uh, you'd be really struggling to get me in. The amount of PAs, secretaries, heavies, goons that I had to
2: go through <laughs> in order to arrange for you to be like here. a video game. It was very difficult. How's it going this week, Tone? It's cold oh. out. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that everyone's been talking about that? I
1: haven't really bought into this. <laughs> uh, you've gone mad for it. <laughs> you've, been, you've obviously been laughing at what the Daily Express have had to say, like, like that, <laughs> just laughing away. Uh, the beast, well, the cold, the beast from the east, the uh, terror. Was it like terror? I terror snowstorm. The headline. On the front page of the Express today
2: was uh, "Killer Freeze Britain," uh, and yeah, I've b- I've bought well into that. I I, I picked you up <laughs> to come here, and, you got and you're got And you just like, "What is? What are you doing?" Because I was wearing, I mean, I, I was real snuggled up, wasn't I? I Had uh, a hat on. <laughs> I've got my massive coat on. This coat, coat, this coat is like big puffy coat. I like to call it my police dog coat. Like you could train police dogs <laughs> in that coat, you know, when they sort of grab grab your arms and bite that's it's good what it and, and you've like. been wearing
1: a beanie for about the last four months your beanie went on kind of late september and <laughs> hasn't really got off then but i mean the reality of it is that it's about five or six degrees outside uh which is <laughs> it's b- actually not pretty it's actually pretty not five
2: or six degrees we were in the car and you were like well it's five or six degrees and i was like i'm looking at the thermometer which is on the dashboard of my car i never believe and it says three degrees and you're like well i don't believe it I don't believe it, though. (laughs) But it's weird because in the summer, you're incredibly negative about the state of the weather and always going on about how rubbish the weather is, and I'm in a state of denial about it (laughs) and trying to argue that it's really good, that it's much better than it actually is. And then... Now it's winter, where it's completely the opposite, where I think it's freezing, and, you know, I'm quite annoyed by that. And you're like, nah, it's
1: balmy. It's really mild. (laughs) It's quite weird, actually, isn't it, (laughs) when you think about it? I don't know why that is. Yeah.
2: But yeah, I've just got the beanie on all the time. I just, you know... I like. I like to think it keeps me anonymous. It keeps me, you know, I can just blend into a crowd. At Which any point. is
1: important. Well, it's because in you a know, small community. Like we're
2: this. doing uh, the podcast now. The podcast has made us very famous people, and you know, I, I get spotted out in the street. Oh, that's Adam from the podcast. I recognise his photo from that Christmas photo they put on Facebook. Uh, and you know, I get a lot of hassle. So I've I've just taken to wearing a beanie because it, you know, it keeps Smart me move. incognito. Smart move. This weather in Guernsey, it's very cold, but it's not snowing. It is snowing in Britain. Uh, we got a tweet from somebody. Let me find it. It was a tweet from Louise who says, Do you get snow in Guernsey? Uh, and the answer to that is sometimes. <laughs> not at the moment, not yet. Maybe later this week, but not yet this Hopefully year. Hopefully not. But uh, we not. do we do get the odd snow day, don't we? But uh, but not nearly as many. Although actually in recent years, I've, I've Seem to have noticed. This is, this is something I've noticed, Tane. That there seems to have been more snow than there used to be. I do think that when we were growing up and we were is at that school... since you
1: started reading the Express on a <laughs> daily basis, there seems to be more weather. It seems like it seems people people weather seems to more. be a bigger news item.
2: Yeah, I do feel like when we were kids there wasn't nearly so much? snow uh like i kind of wish i'd been born a bit later than i was because i do think like the kids now you know they get so many snow days don't also
1: they? you could legitimately enjoy beaver as well <laughs> <That happened> to- <laughs> what
2: are you trying to say i only ironically enjoy <laughs> Bieber? because i beg to differ on that i've got beaver fever but also not just musically but in terms of snow as well because yeah i i can only remember us getting one snow day off school because of the snow and that was when we were in sick form so we were kind of like too old to have Snowball fights and stuff. I mean, we did have snowball fights, but it was perhaps less acceptable in the eyes of like <laughs> our parents and stuff to be doing that. On that one snow day we had off, we we went and uh, like loads of us went and actually did have a massive snowball fight in some field. It was like something from the 1950s, wasn't it? Like from Wind in the Willows. But do you remember, were you there for this? Like after we would had this massive snowball fight, we started just chucking uh, snowballs at trucks, at lorries as they oh, were yeah, going
1: yeah, past. Yeah, two things really about that. I don't know. When you say trucks, you mean a truck? No, no, there was... We, why were all these trucks out? <laughs> there were what were lot, they doing? There were a lot
2: of lorries going past. You know, there's lorries on the road. We were checking them at, at lorries. No, the sides of past.
1: lorries do make good targets for snowballs. What was, what was
2: the second thing about that?
1: Uh, you had two things and then said one thing. I can't remember.
2: Great stuff. Well, uh, yeah, like we were, we were basically checking it at the uh, the lorries. Most of the lorry drivers were were loving it, they were, you know,
1: goading us on. They were swerving, kind of, to try and avoid the, the having a great time, and then the uh,
2: and then sort of looking at us like, ah, you guys. And then this one lorry came along, we threw snowballs at it, uh, and the driver screeched to a halt uh, and got out and started having a massive at us. I think you were there, right? I, was there, yeah. I think it was me, you, our friends, like. Dave, Hannah, Jimmy, uh, Charlie—some <laughs> yeah. some names that people won't know. Justin. But also I remember that our friends Nick and Ollie were there because I remember the guy got out and started screaming at us, and I turned around, and probably four seconds had elapsed since <laughs> yeah. we threw in the snowballs, and uh, Nick and Ollie—I just saw the backs of their heads <laughs> disappearing over <laughs> the brow of the hill, which is probably about a hundred yards away. I have no idea how they got there so quickly, and it just left like a few of us. Oh, you stuck around, which is quite yeah, uncharacteristic. I
1: yeah, I faced up. Fronted up. Although, you,
2: well, you say that, but you did, along with everyone else, just point at me. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: what people seem to do. That's that's the easy way out, I find. What, just to blame just me? point at things. you, yeah.
2: Anyway, here's a question for you, Tane. What is coming up on the show today? Can
1: I guess? Yeah, go on, have a guess. England, India.
2: I think you should lead the, one of these shows one of these yeah, days. Yeah, no, and I
1: think I should. I'm going to do it next week. Yeah. Maybe not next week i say that and i'll immediately regret it i'll set the agenda this time mind you if it goes wrong you won't be able to point at me i mean what i will essentially be doing is loading up quick info uh, <laughs> and then just uh, listing the things that they've got across the top the quick links <laughs> i mean that is what i do so. <laughs> it's a great snapshot you know what's go- if you ever want to know what we're going to be talking about uh, on the pod ahead of time
2: well if you want to know the rough Topics that we're going to be talking about, but also many of the words (laughs) that we'll be using and points that we'll be making. Just have a read of Crick Info. Reading Crick Info so you don't have to has always been our slogan. But seriously, tonight we will be getting proper stuck in to the first couple of ODIs between India and England. We'll also be reflecting on a second successive horror show for New Zealand in South Africa. Uh, And I've got a couple of side notes in my locker this week as well. Did you have a good weekend, though, Tony? That is the main thing that people want to know. That's the main reason people listen to this show. <laughs> Did you have a good weekend?
1: Uh, f- yeah, from what I can remember. From what you can remember? No, I had a very uh, wholesome weekend, Adam. I won uh, the health kick, but I think as we discussed last week, it didn't start in January, it started before January, so I'm not one of those, uh, just for the record. you <laughs> not one of those what? I'm just one of those other people. What, bandwangan- yeah, bandwagon, bandwagon jumpers? Jumpers, yeah. I just I basically wait for the bandwagon to go past, and then I jump on it as late as possible. I thought isn't that the opposite? But that's, you said. but so far beyond that it's actually like <laughs> I've got it first. So no, it becomes kind of indistinguishable. So whether I was too late or too early. So when you went on your health kick in like November, was that you jumping on the
2: bandwagon from last New Year? Yeah, exactly. So the bandwagon had already left town and people had forgotten about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. So just pretty chilled weekend all round. Had lunch on Saturday, dinner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Breakfast, uh, amongst other things. Yeah,
2: there's a TV screen in the studio opposite ours. I'm just watching Gordon Strachan getting like sworn in. Would you say sworn in Unveiled. as a Scotland manager? Is it similar
1: <laughs> to the American presidency? Not, not dissimilar, I would say.
2: Sorry, it's not. It's not that it's really interesting. You're just kind of boring me. <laughs> England. On this part of the show, we talk about England. Why are you looking at me not so that. puzzled, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just, like we've never done <laughs> yeah. so this item before. So where's this come from? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, what we do, Tane, just to explain it for you, is um, you know the international cricket team, England? <laughs> I've heard of them. We talk about them right, um, okay. in some detail on this part of the show. Uh, right, England are two games into their one-day international series in India, and it's been a real fluctuating series so far. You know, it's fluctuated one way, it's fluctuated the other way, I'd describe it as fluctuating. The first game was played in Ranchcott, and England ran out narrow winners by nine runs. They made 325 for four from their 50 overs. solid contributions all the way down, 75 from Cook, 85 from Bell, a couple of 40s for Peterson and Morgan, and then some swashbuckling hitting at the end. Craig Kiesvetter with 24 not out from 20 balls, and most especially Samit Patel, 44 not out, from 20 balls, six fours and a six. At various stages, it looked like India were in command of the chase. Um, half centuries for Gambhir, Yuvraj Singh and Suresh Rainer. But England fought back really well as India slumped from 271 for five to 316 for nine at the end. James Treadwell taking four for 44. Now, that was England's first win in India in a bilateral series uh, since 2006, that following two successive 5-0 whitewashes. If it seemed like England had turned a corner, uh, it didn't last all that long. They lost by a massive margin in the second game in Kochi. India made 285 for 6 from their 50 overs. They were in big trouble at one stage, 119 for 4. They were then 177 for 5 with only 10 overs to go. But some blistering hitting from MS Dhoni and Ravi Jadeja, who made 61 not out from 37 balls, got them up to a total that was far beyond England's reach. England were all out for 158 inside 36 overs. Bhuvneshwar Kumar taking three for 29 from 10 overs. Ravi Ashwin three for 39 and Jadeja two for 12 to give India a very welcome victory by 127 runs. So Tony, how do you think we should assess England then at this point? Uh, Should we be... Encouraged by how they played in the first game, and just you know sort of ignore what happened in the second, or is it a case of here we go again uh, after Kochi because I mean that was that was a right hammering wasn't it it was a danny baker's right hammering <laughs> it was what Danny Baker would call a Danny Baker's right hammering, uh, just to give you a niche <laughs> reference um, but yeah what i mean what what do you make of it where Where are England <sighs>
1: I didn't think England were going to win the series, did I? No, you didn't. No. And, you know, I thought it'd be tight, though. So uh, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's coming to fruition. <laughs> Just to my, give you some credit for best plans, yeah. But, so obviously, since England last played in India, uh, they've become a decent one-day side. The best by the rankings up until today. Obviously, we expected a bit of improvement. They won the first ADI. If they pick up maybe another one, then I think even if they lose the series, it'll still be a relatively good performance nothing to be ashamed about and something to build on you know india are a, clearly a better one day outfit than they are a, a test side at the moment so but yeah it was a good performance first up the second odi you know they had they had india in a bit of a pickle uh earlier earlier Sean but uh they did kind of let them off the hook a bit
2: well they were controlling the game at the halfway stage of india's innings stephen finn was bowling very well uh and yeah as you say they just let that position slip they took the foot off the throat I guess if these games had been the other way around, it dramatically changes your assessment of the series. So at the moment, it feels like, oh, you know, same old England, here we go again. Uh, But if they'd got hammered in the first game and won the second, you'd think, oh, well, you know, things improving. You'd think the series is there for the taking. Either way, it's one all. And the way that momentum changes in ODI cricket, I don't think you could make a very solid prediction at this point how it's going to turn out. But it is hard to avoid having a, a bit of a feeling of deja vu um, after watching the second game in Kochi because it was a case of England bowlers getting smashed around, England batsmen crumbling, <laughs> uh, the crowd going berserk and we've seen that many many times before in one day series in India. Actually the crowd just on the crowd it was great to see. I, yeah, think. I, mean, astonishing. I listened to quite a bit of it on the uh, TMS today and the commentators literally couldn't hear themselves speak and given what a talking point it was in 2011 that like there were very small crowds for the one day games you know everybody mentions it when the stadiums are empty so maybe it's you know worth mentioning when the stadiums are full as well i mean i wish it was like it for the test matches in india that's never going to be the case but it's encouraging that you know at least there is an appetite for international cricket still
1: yeah i mean it wasn't just packed out it was like it was bouncing wasn't Hopping it yeah like it was. a disco in uh, you know the disco era yeah certainly uh, kind of enhanced the spectacle which is what we all want
2: and they were enjoying the performance by the indian side immensely it was a it was a brutal display of hitting wasn't it from doni uh, and especially from jadeja um who has in the past i think found life quite difficult against um, english quick bowlers another captain's innings from Dhoni. he's managed to turn the word helicopter into a verb ms <laughs> Dhoni, which i think in itself is quite impressive And it is a remarkable shot. Uh, But it wasn't terrific bowling from England, you'd have to say. And they are having a major problem, I think, with their pace attack in this series. Um, Even in the first game, which they won, they conceded over 300. And Bresnan, Finn and Dernbach were all very expensive. And it got worse in Kochi. um, Yeah, I mean,
1: Finn was good today. Dernbach, you know, very expensive, but... Obviously, they're without Anderson and Swan. Yeah, it's not a a first-choice attack, is it? Well, no, absolutely. But
2: But then, saying that, they are guys who, with the exception of Wokes, have played a lot of international cricket, and also they're guys who England are hoping are going to play a lot of international cricket in the future. So it's a little bit um, concerning from that perspective. I mean, yes, you know, maybe they're inexperienced, they're not first-choice, but you look at the statistics from today, um, England's spinners bowled 22 overs and conceded 96 runs, whereas England's seamers... Uh, bowled 28 overs and conceded 184 runs and yes they're not great pitches to bowl pace on but that's pretty ghastly reading I think the last 10 overs cost 108 and as we say England were very much in charge of the game at that point I mean that was just extremely disappointing and you felt from then on that the game was kind of gone do you think then yeah that this is just a case of the absence of of Anderson and Swan and Stuart Broad as well um, really being felt
1: yeah, I mean, potentially. Uh, certainly the, the, what Finn produced today was encouraging. Yeah, Durnback's done it occasionally, but just seems to go for too many runs too often. Uh, he loved it, didn't he, when he got uh, picked up those wickets in the first, first ODO. I have to say, had that uh, that reaction from any other international bowler, I'd have been, my back will be right up. That. It would have been very annoying, but, you know, it's an England bowler, so.
2: After the last ball was bowled, he just stood uh, in the middle of the pitch and, screamed his lungs out. Bellowed. yeah. Bit over the top. I'm not a big fan of Jade Dernbach as a bowler. When he first came into the team, I was definitely prepared to be patient with him. I thought, you know, this is a guy who, you know, maybe he'll find it difficult at times, but, you know, he's going to be a really big weapon for England. But he's been around for two years now. He's not a big weapon for England that often, you'd have to say. I mean, in this series, in the World 2020, and, and other recent limited overs assignments, he's been extremely expensive. More expensive than Uh, petrol at the moment, am I right? (laughs) He bowled the final over of the innings today and it cost 20. For me, he just overdoes it with the variations and the variations that he has, the slower balls, the slower bouncers, you know, all that kind of stuff, they get commentators very excited and it's quite eye-catching and you think, oh, there's a very skillful bowler. And it is very skillful, but sometimes what you've got to do is run up and bowl Yorkers. He doesn't. And England in general, actually, today didn't bowl hardly no Yorkers. I think there was one in the entire innings. India have played against Dernbach enough now that those variations that he bowls are not unknown to them. And he just gets carted around. Maybe one in 10 games, he's going to be a match winner for England. And that is what keeps him in the team. But then the other nine games, he's not someone who kind of just does a job. He's actually a bit of a liability. And so for me, I think his
1: time might be up for now at least once that total of 285 had been posted it was you know a tough thing to chase down a couple of occasions he thought well maybe England are starting to get together here Peterson looked, looked good briefly uh, Keysvetter did his classic the half a dozen dot balls then slash one for four didn't really ever get going so yeah it was a bit flat bit of a flat end what do you make of Craig Keysvetter these days what's your what's your opinion of,
2: of Keyes As you say he had a, a bit of a, a struggle to get going in coach yeah, I think he, he- 19 deliveries before he scored his first run. Are you happy with him in this England side at the moment?
1: Yeah, I think I'm fairly content.
2: Is that just because <laughs> I'm not losing sleep over it at the moment? Is that just because of a lack of alternatives, or are yeah. you are you in the the Kieswetter fan
1: club? It's possible. I do like Keith Vetter when he when he when he gets going, you know, and he did finish he finished things off quite nicely, didn't he, in Rajcott with uh, Patel. So is your opinion of him skewed though, possibly by the fact that
2: he was man of the match in the World Twenty Twenty final in 2010? Because you know he propelled England to the only global title that they've ever won, so do you kind of look on him more favourably than perhaps you should? Subconsciously, maybe. Because yeah. I I sometimes worry that I think like that, and I do lose sleep over that. <laughs> um, no, I mean I've I've always been in, in the Keys Vetter fan club. You know I, I do I do pay my subs, I go to the conventions. Um, but he's played 45 ODIs now, and he's still struggling to establish himself. He only averages 31. He's only made six scores above 50 in those 45 games. And Plainly, he's got a lot of talent uh, and he has played very important innings for England before. But as you say, it's the dot balls is the problem. I think that is the reason a lot of people get really annoyed with him because it does make him quite a frustrating batsman to watch, doesn't He, he plays out so many dot balls that you feel that he's holding the innings up. Scores a lot of boundaries as well, so he might still end up making a a, a useful 30 or a 40 at a runner ball, but he's done it almost exclusively in boundaries and he's faced so many dot balls that it feels like a slow innings. You know, people are already annoyed with him (laughs) because it's taken him 15 balls to get three.
1: Certainly creates, certainly makes for a very misleading highlights package, doesn't it? Because you see uh two or three keys better shots uh you know in the in the kind of roundup like ball flashing away to the boundary but then you you look later at the scorecard you're like oh actually you know what was he doing
2: well even in that rajcock game i mean he had that great partnership with patel and as you say if you look at the highlights he hit two sixes um he seemed to be you know with patel smashing the balls around at the death Uh, but he got 24 from 20 balls which isn't bad but it's not like breathtaking is it you know, if he could find a way to turn those dots into ones and into twos, then he'd be a magnificent player. But he's not doing that at the moment. I mean, I would still stick with him for a while longer yet, partly because, as I say, I'm not sure there are any clear-cut alternatives. Some people think that there are a lot of alternatives for England in the wicket-keeping department, but I'm not sure that Johnny Besto or Joss Butler are ready to take the gloves. A lot of people are calling for Matt Pryor to come in like he's the obvious answer. But that irritates me slightly because it's not like they haven't tried Pryor before. Brilliant test batsman, though he is. He has never scored any runs in one-day international cricket. I I think it would be a very retrograde step to go back to him. So for me, Kizveta should stay for a, a while longer, but possibly they could think about pushing Samit Patel above him in the batting order. Speaking of Patel, uh, astonishing hitting from him in, in Rajkot. You know, we know he's capable of doing that. The question has always been just, what is his role in the side? Because sometimes it seems like England want him to bat at four or five. Sometimes it seems like they want him to bat lower down the order at seven and be there almost primarily as a bowler. You know, I think he's a very decent number six or number seven batsman in ODI cricket. The question now, I think, is whether he can be part of a five-man attack anywhere other than the subcontinent. He might find it difficult to get into the team for um, the Champions Trophy this summer. India were pretty jubilant, weren't they, when they when they sealed the win in Kochi? Uh, and you can understand why, because they've had a, a torrid time of it at the hands of England in the last few months. Were you impressed with their performance in, in that game and uh, as an England fan, nervous about what it might herald or do you still
1: think England do have the measure of them? I still think India will win the series, if that's what you're asking, which I, th- I think from the words you used is what you're asking. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, well, when you lead it next week, then somewhat, you yeah. I'll phrase it differently. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say somewhat impressed. There, there was some. There was some really good, good stuff. You know, in a fifty-over game, it, I do like the the kind of middle order of Kohli, Yuvraj, Raina, Dhoni You can't really argue with that. And, you know, any any one of those is probably going to come off. So that looks that looks good. Top of the order. Yeah. Bit disappointing today. I, I put a little bet on India at the start of the day, uh, and they started really badly. So I put more money on them. So that was good. That came off nicely. How much money did you win? About 45 pence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, eking out a living. It's kind of 50p victories. Uh, but yeah, I'm yeah, pretty impressive. And Jadeja you know, had a pretty astonishing game.
2: Yeah and uh, you know if, if he's able to to do what he did on a regular basis then uh, there's no doubt that there's a, an enormous amount of firepower in that batting lineup and evidently it's enough firepower to to take apart this particular England attack it might be that those assaults by Dhoni and Jadeja inject the rest of those batsmen with some confidence which has been lacking from quite a few of them um, in recent times but you'd still say that you know there are problems in the team there's still batsmen who are struggling for form Virat Kohli uh, having been in unstoppable form for a couple of years is having a a more difficult period now so I don't think England should be too apprehensive Uh, the next ODI is in Ranchi which is Dhoni's hometown uh, you'd imagine the atmosphere there will be somewhat electrified. I mean, I know you predicted a three-two a, a win for India ahead of the series. Are you, are you sticking with that, or do you think that this now has the feel of a four-one a reverse? Or I don't know what.
1: Yeah, I what, mean,
2: what, what, what's going to happen, Tane?
1: Well, b- b- momentum would suggest uh, the four-one is more likely uh, to go in India's favour, but I can see England picking up another victory uh, in those three. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy with three-two. Are you going to put some money on it? No, no, I can't be bothered. <laughs> Why not? No, I was, because it's too there, uh, uh, there's no yeah, you know, there's, there's no immediate kind of payout. Is there? <laughs> get frustrated <laughs> waiting around.
2: This is not the immediate fix. that no. you, need. you put money on everything else.
1: Yeah, I put money on on the mat on an individual match, but I guess it's that thing of like you know, if you, if you're putting money on, you could use that money elsewhere to back things that are going to. <laughs> it'll kind of
2: really give you a much more immediate rush <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly
1: oh it's dear. funny because you're a
2: gambling addict. <laughs> around the world now this is the part of the show where we take trips around the world and discuss what's been going on in cricket there uh well port elizabeth is our destination tonight uh, it was the scene of another crushing victory. Wish I in Port Elizabeth. For world number one South Africa in the second and final test match of their series with New Zealand. The home side won the toss, batted first. Three players made hundreds Hashim Amla, Faf Duplessis uh, with his second test ton, and Dean Elgar with his maiden test ton. That saw South Africa to 525 for eight, at which point they declared. Uh, New Zealand then collapsed again. They were 39 for 6 at one point, uh, recovered a little bit to 62 for 9, recovered a little bit more, thanks to a half-century from BJ Watling, uh, to make 121, but that was still a deficit of 404, uh, and it never looked like they'd make South Africa bat again. They were all out in their second innings for 211, with Dale Steyn taking 8 wickets in the match, including 5 for 17 in the first innings. So that was a victory by an innings and 193 runs. It was an even bigger win uh, than in Cape Town. uh, And it meant that the series finished 2-0. One of the most one-sided test series that I can remember. Certainly one of the most one-sided that I can remember that didn't involve Bangladesh or Zimbabwe. And this game in Port Elizabeth, it it really was another disappointing test match, wasn't it? As in Cape Town, uh, the outcome was obvious before the end of day one. Could you argue that it was actually even more flat, even more disappointing than Cape Town? Because at least in Cape Town, there was a a certain spectacle as a sort of morbid fascination, isn't there, in uh, watching a team get bowled out for 45? I suspect even for New Zealand fans, that might be true. Uh, But here it was just kind of depressing. 121 and 211 are just... Nothing scores, aren't they?
1: But yeah, agreed. Like a, It's a, not spectacular. A, a kind of super low score is notable, remarkable, and uh, enjoyable in many respects. But yeah, this is, this is just a, I don't know, your, your run-of-the-mill, bog-standard hammering. Was
0: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
2: It
1: was another Danny Baker's right hammering, wasn't it? It was a proper hammering, this one. Uh, yeah, just not, nothing really to get excited about, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I mean, once again, at 39 for 5, you know, that's just bleak. 39 for 6, it was. It was also 39 for 5, but then it was 39 for 6. Well, I don't know. I felt like when 39 for 6, the game took a different turn. But 39 for 5 was the real low point for me. (laughs) Uh.
2: But, I mean, it kind of proves the point, though, doesn't it? That, as we talked about last week, that ultimately it doesn't really matter whether they get bowled out for 45 or whether they get bowled out for 120. They're
1: still going to lose it still a, goes down as a defeat I mean Philander wasn't even playing <laughs> he wasn't uh, so well, it's, it's that it was a, a, a let off the hook again well yeah. Rory Kleinfeld came in and actually
2: did really well but yeah you do you do wonder what might have happened had Philander been playing as well um, but yeah like either way whether they get bowled out for 45 or
1: 60 or 70 runs more than that it's still not good enough um, well at least it's over for them now apart from the, uh, the ODI series uh, they can forget about those tests and move on look forward to England
2: well, can they forget about those tests, well, That is a, a question.
1: With great difficulty, I'd imagine.
2: I mean, in some senses, for South Africa, this wasn't a particularly instructive series because New Zealand were so poor. But on the other hand, this game particularly, the victory was engineered, at least in part, by um, some of the new players that have come into the team. Fafdi Plessy with his second 100, Dean Elgar with his with his first 100. He had that horrendous debut, you might remember, in Perth, Uh, He got a pair now sort of showing that he's that he might be able to cut it at test level Uh, and South Africa are going to be delighted about that because you know their lower middle order was an area that looked a bit vulnerable. But now they've got Duplessis and Elgar there. It, both got a lot to prove still. But but after this game, you know, a lot of runs were generated in that part of the team. The other big area of vulnerability they appeared to have before this series was the spinners' position. Robin Peterson in the wickets in both games. Um, so you could say this series has, has seen them uh, make a lot of progress in in areas that previously looked a bit problematic for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's only a start, isn't it? Those players will have to uh, will have to turn up and play against better opposition so we, i don't think we can kind of stitch their names into their caps yet
2: no true i mean yeah and you could say oh well it's only new zealand so 100 for duper c 100 for elga doesn't mean that much but then Callis didn't get 100 in this game smith didn't get 100 in this game peterson didn't get 100 in this game you know like you can't sort of say that they don't count these centuries yes they've got a lot to do to back that up it's only a start but it is a start the lopsided nature of this contest has got some people thinking about uh, the structure of test cricket and whether it might be a time to sort of look at arranging it so that these sorts of one-sided contests don't happen um, on a regular basis one of those people that's thinking that is uh, a listener by the name of graham duplessis uh, who's emailed in to say uh, the current series between south africa and new zealand should catalyze the debate about whether we need a two-tiered test championship perhaps one solution would be two leagues consisting of five teams each with the promotion and relegation battle between the top of the lower tier and the bottom of the higher tier every three years. Each team would play the other four teams in the league for a home and an away series with a winner crowned every three years. Any thoughts worth discussing next podcast, perhaps? Uh, I want to see the pro tiers playing England, Australia, Pakistan and India year in, year out. The current one-sided contest with New Zealand is totally ridiculous. Uh, And he says, PS, love the show. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. What do you reckon to that idea, Tane? A two division test championship? It is something that we've talked about before, uh, but what's your view on it at the moment?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see how, I don't know when the last time we talked about it was. Ages uh, ago. Ages ago, but I wouldn't say anything's changed in that time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no do, so you couldn't say tight lip. No. no, no. But what, Go why,
2: back and listen to the old episodes if you want to know my view.
1: What I mean? Yeah. By which I mean, if anything, the only way it's changed is it's kind of become more apparent that. They need to do something about it. Because Test
2: Cricket is kind of polarising
1: between yeah.
2: you know, the good teams yeah, nothing, and, the, I mean, and the weaker
1: teams. It'd be the only way to do it, wouldn't it? To, to have two five-teams. Well, five I mean, Arguably, you
2: could go further. You could have three divisions because that might solve another of Test Cricket's problems, uh, which is that you know, the, the associates, the small nations, don't have a roadmap for getting into Test yeah, Cricket, we, for getting we to that top to table. But you could make... Ireland, Holland, Afghanistan and others test nations, but just have them playing test cricket against themselves. But there is a, a scope for them to get promoted and go further up into division two and, you know, one day division one. So that, that might really be yeah, another would definitely problem
1: well. be, definitely be the way forward. I've, I've, the only thing with, with this five, you know, this five team, uh, format would be, you know, how often would do you think would teams cross over between those divisions? If one, once every three years the opportunity was given to them, difficult to say with any certainty, but I would imagine not that often. And also it'd mean, you know, it'd mean England would maybe for years and years and years not tour West Indies, for example, which would be pretty sad. Yeah, it'd be annoying
2: from uh, an English you know, yeah. <laughs> perspective. Yes, yeah, so that's a good point. I mean, Graham's idea is that the bottom side in Division One and the top side in Division Two would play off, but you don't necessarily have to do that. You could make it guaranteed that there'd be a promotion and relegation, which I think would probably more be more fair.
1: You no, know you could. I mean, you could almost stage a kind of ceremonial series, like changing of the <laughs> changing of the guard, just to, and it's just to get an idea of where the teams are at.
2: That would just be, be incredibly depressing for the team, for the team yeah. getting relegated. But I mean, I think it is certainly a, a very appealing idea in many respects. Um, as Graham says, it, it would eliminate mismatches for the most part. Um, it would increase the number of contests between the best teams, which can only be a good thing. Uh, and it would also add a context to clashes between mid-table sides. Because I mean, at the moment, Sri Lanka v West Indies is pretty meaningless. You know, there's no kind of um, tradition there, no history particularly you know and it's not a, a big box office clash they're not near the top of the rankings uh, they're not two of the best sides in the world but if winning that series brought you closer to promotion that would be much more interesting for everyone concerned and arguably test cricket's biggest problem is lack of context so mm. yes i think that would solve a lot of problems for test cricket
1: yeah i think there are a couple of other benefits uh, from this number one, I mean presumably it's a three-year. Yeah, this is Graham's suggestion, a three-year cycle. But there are four teams to play, so I don't know how, quite how you'd how you'd settle it. But you know, maybe you'd have to be able to a four-year cycle, and then you'd only have one team touring, say, to England in the summer, which would mean presumably that every series would be a five-test series, which is good. That's what we uh, want. Yeah. And it would, you know, it would free up. Uh, it would free up a lot of a lot of time in the schedule for for IPL style events. Well, 2020s so that, that's that's a that's a, a net gain
2: so yeah you're right it could be a silver bullet for a lot of test cricket's problems however having said all that there are a couple of significant issues with this that i just can't see a way around firstly what do you do about the ashes because right now both england and australia would be in the top tier but that won't always be the case supposing let's say for the sake of argument australia got relegated just for the sake of argument it was australia
1: would <laughs> just for the sake of argument say it was australia that plummeted
2: <laughs> it so say just for the sake of argument say australia were in division three right so they were <laughs> a really long way down you know the ashes is crickets marquee series would you say that it just can't happen if they're not both in the same division potentially you could go 10 years without an ashes series if that was the case and that it just isn't a situation that could happen, and the same thing is true for India-Pakistan. Like obviously, at the moment they're not playing Test cricket against each other, but but hopefully that that will start again soon. And if they're in different divisions, you know, are you saying they're just not allowed to play Test cricket? Like that is a real problem, I think.
1: I think it's just well, it would be one of those things that you'd just probably have to suck up. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not of... ideal, but maybe maybe for the greater good. Not well that, sparing the rest I of the I don't know, I mean nations. yeah, you
2: could certainly say that from the perspective of other countries around the world, it would be ridiculous to not implement something that would be beneficial for everyone just because of the ashes. But I think it's a reason why it won't happen, because I, I think, you know, England and Australia are never gonna back it because of that. But the other problem, and I think this is something that applies to everybody around the world, is that potentially this system could be very damaging or even fatal for cricket in some of those lower division nations. Like we say, it would add context to clashes between Sri Lanka and West Indies or between New Zealand and West Indies. But if, you know, take the example of New Zealand, if they don't get promoted quickly or if they don't get promoted for 10 years, they will have played no test matches at all against Australia or England or India for a decade. It's those series where the interest is for the public. It's also those series where the money is for the boards. So cricket in New Zealand might not survive that and the same would be true for west indies the same would be true for sri lanka and i think because of that while on paper it looks like a very sensible idea it looks like it would be beneficial for everybody i don't think that it can happen and i don't think it ever will happen it,
1: which in one way is a shame but you know i just i just can't see how you can get around it i mean yeah it is very tough and uh, you know under that kind of dystopian future yeah you you could easily envisage uh, you know the icc starting off with two divisions uh, and, yeah, a few years later, just having one division of five.
2: I mean, the ICC have got a pretty good track record
1: of uh, of, of If anyone knows how to do this kind of (laughs) thing, it is them. They're they're definitely best placed. (laughs) The side
2: notes now, in which we discuss some of the more offbeat stories of the cricketing week. I've got a couple of side notes for you here, Tane. Uh, This first one you might have seen all over the place in the news this week, but I've taken the article from The Guardian. England cricketer Sarah Taylor could make history in men's county match. Wicketkeeper in talks to play for Sussex's second 11. Sarah Taylor, the England wicketkeeper, has revealed that she is in talks to play men's second 11 county cricket this summer in what would be a groundbreaking move for women's sport. Taylor, widely regarded as one of the best female cricketers in history, has an informal agreement with the coaching staff at Sussex that if their second team needs a wicketkeeper at short notice this year, she will be selected to play. The 23-year-old keeper and number three batter said the prospect is, quote, phenomenal if daunting. Taylor also conceded that her task would be as much a psychological challenge as a physical test. Quote, part of me knows it would be phenomenal, but there's part of me doubting myself. I've just got to start believing in myself a little bit more, but I would love to do it. It would be such a challenge facing a bigger ball and bigger bowlers. Uh, But I'd have to look at myself after the second 11 games and say, can you handle this? The ECB has stressed that no exact dates have been set for Taylor to play second-eleven county cricket and that discussions between her and Sussex have been informal. So there you go. What do you make of that, Tane? Are we going to talk about this without being in any way patronising?
1: Well, I am. I, uh, you've obviously, you're obviously coming up from a different... Right, different so this bird,
2: right? This bird wants to play cricket with the blokes, right?
1: Oh, yeah. No,
2: go on. Here no. we go. What do you make of
1: that? Uh, yeah, Pff, why not? Other, we'll never know otherwise unless it's tried, so... Got to give it a go. I think and it'll then, be and, and kind of a twist on, I guess the expression yeah If, you know, if you're uh, you're good enough, you're old enough. I guess if you're, if you're good enough, you're man enough. I guess to play. If you're good enough, you're male enough. <laughs> yeah, essentially.
2: Yeah. Does that so work? it's. I mean, no, it's not a tool patronizing. I don't think it is. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how she gets on. You might remember about ten years or so ago, something fairly similar happened in football where. Um, one of the best women's footballers in the world went and played for Perugia in Italy. Yeah, I
1: don't remember ever hearing any reports though. No, because she didn't
2: get a game yeah. and I don't think it went very well at all. So hopefully that won't be what happens. But it is, you know, cricket is undeniably very different to football in most respects. And I don't think it's as unthinkable that that she could succeed, particularly because, well, firstly, the standard of women's cricket is improving all the time, but also. You know, she's a wicketkeeper and her wicketkeeping is superb. And I think that that is an area of the game, wicketkeeping, where there probably isn't any reason to think why women would be any less effective. You know, you, you might say that, you know, they're not going to be able to bowl as quick or they're not going to hit the ball as far. But wicketkeeping, I, d- I don't see why that would be a problem.
1: No, and undoubtedly she would have played cricket before with men in nets, in practices, you know, probably in matches. You know, At club level, a, yeah, for exactly, sure, yeah. As, as she's kind of come through the game so uh you know i'm sure it would be something she'd easily be able to handle yes is the answer (laughs) the initial question
2: uh wasn't my question what do you make of it (laughs) yes (laughs) the answer is yes the women's world cup begins in in india at the end of uh at the end of january the world cup squads uh were unveiled this week uh and england look pretty strong they've got uh, most of their big players available and they've already headed off i think they're they're on their way uh, to try and defend the title uh, that they won last time out we'll be reporting on that in the weeks to come Uh, i've got one other side note for you this week tone Uh, it comes from the independent jesse Ryder demands andrew flintoff fight for tour undercard kiwi cricketer turned boxer wants to be the ex-england captain's second opponent Everyone, of course, remembers that Andrew Flintoff is has begun a, a career in boxing. He had his first professional bout at the beginning Did of December, a, well, End I of didn't November. Was he was he.
1: intending to have a second bout there.
2: Well, he might not be, but this is this is what Ryder's demanding. <laughs> New Zealand cricketer Jesse Ryder has begun 2013 by challenging Andrew Flintoff to be the second opponent of his own fledgling boxing career. Flintoff won his first bout as a heavyweight in November, getting a points decision against American Richard Dawson in Manchester despite being sent to the canvas in the second round. Ryder, meanwhile, won his first by technical knockout in under two minutes in July, beating sports radio host Mark Watson in Auckland. It's not quite not quite the same, is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> beating DJ Mark Watson in Auckland. Now the big-hitting Kiwi, who has been in stunning form for Wellington in New Zealand's domestic cricket competition, is after another chance to step into the ring and has Flintoff in his sights. My people have been in touch with Freddie to try and set up a fight, said Ryder. I'm keen to get in the ring... Again, so hopefully it'll be possible to try and get that on. It De- Depends on timing, but having a fight between the test matches, England travelled to New Zealand for a three-test tour next month, and getting the Barmy Army involved would be great. Freddie looked in good shape. He'd obviously done a lot of work before his own fight. Between us, we must have shed a lot of weight. <laughs> uh, and then the article talks about how uh, people in boxing uh, found the flint off and... Ryder bouts, disgraceful TV stunts, is what they said. Which, as we said at the time, we didn't think Flintoff's bout was a TV stunt, but a uh, but a fight with Ryder that possibly would be a TV stunt, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh
1: Yeah, but why? What's wrong with that?
2: Well, uh, it'd be a bit unedifying, don't you think? I mean, like, well, firstly, Flintoff has said nothing about whether or not he wants to do this. He he apparently injured his shoulder in that first fight. Um, it's not a surprise. Is and it? he's uh, he's been making noises that he won't be fighting again. He might think that Ryder is someone that he could comfortably beat. What
1: kind of noise is noises? <laughs> <laughs> like beating up, beating up, stupor.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> like, yeah. be fighting again. Th- those are the noises. No, he might he might sort of look at it as a as a good payday, and you know that he he'd probably beat Ryder because he's done a lot more boxing training. I would well,
1: like sure. he says, you know, find a venue, I'll promote it. <laughs> get, get the uh, get the barmy army in. Literally, that sounds like the perfect evening's entertainment for them. So I'd, I'd be well up for that. Fly me down to New Zealand, Jesse. <laughs> world Cricket Show promotions.
2: If it's an unedifying sporting
1: <laughs> spectacle, you can be sure that the World Cricket Show won't be far away. We could promote countless fights between cricketers. Every tour could be... You know, we could follow, the, follow test series around the world, uh, promoting fights between ex-cricketers from each side. It's the bout of the century. Ian
2: Bell versus Suresh Rayner.
1: <laughs> Johnny Bairstow versus Chris Gale. Or something.
2: <laughs> Much like the current winter in the UK, this episode of the World Cricket Show has been dark and gloomy and bitter. It's probably about time, therefore, that it was put out of its misery. Have you survived this one, Tone? Are you still in one piece? Just about. You've made it through.
1: Will there be snow on the ground as we leave the studio?
2: Well, if we're, if we're snowed in, if we can't open the door of the radio studio... Uh, because we're snowed in, If it's like that episode of The Simpsons where they get snowed in. I'm not going to be happy because I don't want to have to spend like a couple of days with you here, <laughs> really.
1: Well, I'll be fine. I'm walking home. I've opted. Yeah, but to... if we can't open the door, mate, well, I'll be open. I'll be able to open the door. <laughs> well,
2: I we'll don't see.
1: Know. I don't know if The Simpsons has taught me anything. Well, you've done, uh, really, really. but I'm going to go and take a nice, uh, a nice stroll along the uh, the promenade in the kind of you know the, the beautiful January balm. So that's that's balmy weather. Yeah. yeah, you're in such
2: denial about it. It's ridiculous. It's gonna be lovely. You're wearing this nothing coat. You're gonna catch your death of cold out there, Tony.
1: Well, hopefully, uh, I'll text you when I get home to let you know I've made it back. <laughs> you don't have to come and pick me up.
2: What you got lined up for this weekend, then? Uh, nothing. Every week I sit here and ask you how your weekend was and what your plans are for next weekend, and you never ask me what my plans are. No what are your plans I've got no plans yeah, I've got absolutely so. no plans no, well, I did nothing last weekend and I've got nothing <laughs> lined up for this weekend
1: no it's, it is uh, it's deep onset of January blues <laughs> uh, very much so, so
2: well if it does snow on Friday which it might do, that'll cheer people up uh, yeah then people will be happy about that they have finally taken the ice rink down from outside my work listeners have been kept fully up to date with the fact <laughs> that there was an ice rink outside my work where they were just playing oh, terrible pop songs from 10 years ago and then playing Christmas songs well into january uh, if but they've, they've taken it down now
1: well i was if uh, as the uh, daily express would have us believe uh, the world freezes over over the weekend uh, you know i might take down uh, scatter some water about the square outside your work take a boom box down <laughs> maybe play a few of those songs that you enjoyed and just kind of slide around uh, charge people energy fee obviously
2: i hope you take a boom box and you don't just go down there and belt out a few numbers yourself <laughs> <laughs> down there, like why do you have to go and make things so complicated? Yeah. I was going to say you've surely got better things to do with your time, but I'm not sure if that's true. <laughs> I never thought I'd enjoy silence quite as much as I have been. Well, I say silence. It's been like, it's been, it's been like pneumatic drills and like lorries reversing and like workmen shouting at each other like, oh no, no, the other one and stuff. But you know, I'm just like, oh, bliss. You didn't know how good you had it, did you? It's been good. Oh, and that has been... Uh, the sad violin music coming from the HMV over the road. Oh, but, uh, yeah. but other than that, it's been pretty much silence. Well, anyway, if you like the show, and who could blame you if you do, uh, then there are a number of different... I mean, in- I can see both standpoints. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, if you do, then there are a number of different internet websites that you can visit to do something about that. You can go on to Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash cricket show. Click the like button there. Uh, suggest it to your friends as well. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Cricket Show, uh, that's essentially me. You can follow Tony, at Tony Covert, T-O-N-Y-C-V-L-L. Tony tweets all the time, constantly tweeting. i
1: tweeted, tweeted more than once over the weekend. <laughs>
2: Bloody hell. Send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. Uh, visit our online website, www.cricketshow.net. There, you are able to purchase... A World Cricket Show t-shirt is just £15, uh, which is roughly 24 US dollars, 24 Australian dollars. And that includes free shipping to anywhere in the world. So these things start to heat up in England, uh, you know, you'll you'll need that. In the balmy weather in England at the moment, why not wear a World Cricket Show t-shirt? The other thing that you might like to do is leave us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate all of those. It does massively help us out in our quest to gather more listeners yeah and that's about it Oh, i almost forgot did you see tone uh we've got a date we've got a due date for the royal baby i did see that yeah july I booked a holiday for that i'm out of the country <laughs> 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 gonna be long gone not to talk about that daily express again but the, the one of the headlines on the front page of the express today was will kate's july baby share diana's birthday <sighs> i don't even know where to start i do not know where to start I feel like we go on about the Daily Express a lot. Yeah, I don't know why
1: that I, is. I, I just hate it now. A lot I of people it. make comedy material out of uh, the Daily Mail, yeah, or the Sun. The, the Express gets off very lightly. Yeah, Maybe it gets away with The it, Express it? is really like inoffensive. <laughs> it's inoffensively annoying. Yeah. Uh, it's annoyingly inoffensive. Yeah. yeah, there was people going on about how like oh uh, you know because obviously the announcement was made, the official whatever announcement tweet or whatever. I don't know how they do it these days. Uh, you know, the baby was doing fine, and so yeah, all these pundits were like, yeah, a lot of people will be. Uh, you're disappointed that it won't be a, a twin situation, or whatever you call it. I don't know. Twins. Twins, yeah. Uh, there won't be twins or, or more. Uh, who's disappointed? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? How's- Just making noises like Andrew Flintoff after his <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> ah the, the babe oh the baby <laughs> it's only one baby It's only one yeah Thank god it's only one yeah <laughs> there'll be one there'll probably be one soon after they won't there this won't be the end of it we have got many years of this to look forward we to. have
2: they'll have many more babies no doubt uh and then harry will get on in on the act won't but, he yeah. and then their baby will get married and have babies never ends, thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a circle of life in many
1: ways, isn't it? Played out in front of our very circle
2: eyes. Circle of life. Right,
1: come on we're t- Time is ticking, we're running <laughs> out of memory. Might, do, you think, do you think that might be time? It's a cool. And it's roughly something right.
2: <laughs> yes, that's it. Stay in school, everybody. Uh, we will see you next week for more cricket chat. More of the same. Bye for now. <laughs>
1: I can smell your fear ba-da-da-ba-ba, ba-da-da-ba-ba.
0: It's
2: funny looking at our, co- our two coats on those chairs there because yeah. mine is just ridiculously big and puffy and yours is like achingly trendy and it's just, just from that you can tell who's in denial <laughs> about, the, about the weather
1: <laughs> I'm just optimistic about the weather <laughs> that, that will wash away by kind of April though It's supposed to I'll snow run
2: this week here it is is
1: really cold it's not gonna snow it isn't gonna snow is it come on well according to the express it is (laughs) yeah well let's just have a look at the weather
2: no it's friday
1: friday you know there might be some wind i reckon wintry showers you reckon heavy snow apparently uh, midday on friday
2: yeah it's actually meant to snow yeah It's genuinely
1: heavy snow snow all afternoon giving way to light snow by the evening and then rain and sleet Why is it going to be naught? It's going to be naught degrees at midday, rising to five degrees by three in the morning. Amazing how the weather works.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It is amazing. Yeah. It really is. It's not even close to good enough. It's a little bit like Butch and Sundance, isn't it? Wouldn't you say that it's a little bit like Butch and Sundance? You know, when they're arguing on the cliff. You've seen this movie, right? Not seen the movie. Okay. Where they're
1: arguing on the cliff, right? Uh, uh. And we left halfway through. So, there we go. The facts yeah. proved uh, the reality. We've done it again,
2: to... haven't we? We're still talking like we're on, <laughs> yeah. on the radio when it's. this is
1: definitely not going in the shade. Because I struggle, when I'm looking at weather, I struggle to look past individual days. So, you know, if it's sunny one day, you know, I expect it to be sunny the whole day <laughs> and then like, the new weather's coming at midnight. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's... <laughs> Yeah, oh, I expect weather to work. I can't deal highways. with these temperature changes during the daylight hours. It doesn't make any sense. It's when you go to bed and you wake up and there's new Should weather. Be a new it's day. arrived. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's like a new level on a video. game. Yeah, like exactly.
1: Yeah, it's like the snow level on Friday.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like on uh, Goldeneye. It's like what's that one? What's it called? The one with the satellite dish? What's that level called? Uh,
1: bunker. The well, Bunker is the multiplayer, yeah, level, isn't it? But no, is it? I think it's Bunker.
2: But it's not called Silly. No
1: no Tone it's called oh,
2: I'm <laughs> oh, going to have to look God. it up I'm going to actually have to look it up
1: Are you sure it's not called Silo
2: yeah there is a level called Silo but that's not it Surface bang Service. it's called Surface yeah so Friday is going to be like Surface on <laughs> cold night get
1: your white Russian military gear
2: out <laughs> well, your silencer for the PP7
1: <laughs> yeah certainly don't go as Bond on, on Friday you'll easily be seen Just your kind of tux, black tux, running across the snow. Just take you out.